Wait, 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 wait. Don't skip ahead just yet. I know you were about to. Chances are, if you're listening to this podcast, then you'll love mine too. If you like podcasts that break down all of your favorite water cooler reality TV shows like The Real Housewives or big budget movies like Wakanda Forever, then this is the podcast for you. Subscribe to my podcast, Reality and Comics 2, and listen to episodes like my interview with Robin Dixon of The Real Housewives of Potomac or my interviews with your favorite bombshells from Love Island, USA. That's Reality and Comics 2. And I'm Kendrick. See you there. You're invited to I Am The Cute One, the most chaotic school dance in the podcast universe. Let's spike the punch, grind to Usher, and recap some of the cutest movies that made our millennial minds explode. Hello, I am Donnie, and I am the cute one. And I am Chelsea, and I am the cute one. And we are here with the cutest one, and that is Nor from the Reality Is podcast. Welcome. Hi, guys. Hi. Hi, you little cutie. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't realize how much I appreciated being called cute by adults. Oh, yeah. Well, we can do it every morning if you'd like. (laughs) (laughs) that'll be our new uh, business venture we're gonna create a ringtone that's just like hey you're adorable hi good morning you're cute when my sister was like four years old no maybe older but i set it as her alarm clock (laughs) where where i said wake up bitch i said wake up so so maybe we can do alarm clocks where we just call people cute and stuff. I need to unpack you calling your sister, potentially elementary age sister, t- telling her to wake up by saying, wake up, bitch. Oh, yeah. Like when I first started calling her a bitch when she was a little girl, my dad was like, hey. And then my mom was like, he means it as a term of endearment. So, so then, like later in life, when I would call other people bitches, then I had the poor girl so like ingrained that she was like hey that's my name <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry. I love it. how much younger is she i'm been? i'm 12 years older oh okay i was gonna ask if it was your youngest sister or the middle sister that you just don't speak about <laughs> no the youngest okay yeah. <laughs> so anyway we're not here to talk about my clear family issues we're here to discuss (laughs) the princess diaries so before we get into the movie itself i did come as always well (laughs) you know me yeah that's the end of that sentence but i did come with some background information chelsea sorry you do this podcast with a boy you have to get used to it (laughs) so this movie was made in 2001 and was directed by gary marshall Chelsea, not to put you on the spot, but I guess absolutely to put you on the spot. Does Gary Marshall as director mean anything to you? Is he the one that plays Sirius Black? No. (laughs) (laughs) Who is that? I don't know. That's Gary Oldman. Oh, Oh, okay. No, does not mean a damn thing (laughs) to me. Gary Marshall plays the devil in Hocus Pocus, but he directed Pretty Woman, Overboard, and Runaway Bride. Oh, okay. So I start to see some of the casting consistencies there. Mm -hmm. Okay, okay. Mm -hmm. There is a theme. And I do have to say, despite my large pop culture blind spot, I did grow up with a mother who, like, I think I look like Nev Campbell. Donnie thinks that he looks like Megan Fox. My mom actually looks like Julia Roberts. So we watched all of her movies growing Mm. up because, I mean, I get my narcissistic tendencies somewhere, (laughs) you know? I have no idea what your mother looks like, but I do know what you look like. And I can see that you would have a mom that looks like Julia Roberts. Oh, thank thank God. I thought you were going to say, I can see you look like Nev Campbell. (laughs) (laughs) This podcast is over. That's going to be my new secret mission is just trying to bully all of our guests into one day admitting somebody's going to admit that I look like Nev Campbell somewhere. It's okay. It's okay. I've been called Mindy Kaling for as long as the office has been on air. And I'm like, I look nothing like her. You just don't know any other brown people. (laughs) (laughs) You're telling on yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Also, Gary Marshall was like the person responsible for remember all those shitty like maybe 10 years ago they had those like valentine's day new year's eve christmas like those like one day movies like groundhog's day i don't know what else no not groundhog's day (laughs) don't put that in the universe that'll be the next one (laughs) and it was like one of those really shitty movies i unfortunately went to go see multiple of them in the movie theater and i don't know why but it was like (laughs) where they would have a bunch of people in mm-hmm. the movie and they would all get like 75 seconds on screen, but it was just like an overall shitty movie. 
It was just like a cash grab. I think they had like Father's Day, Mother's Day. It was just horrible. But I mean, I watched it. But Gary Marshall was responsible for that. I do think that for whatever reason, I saw Valentine's Day in theaters on Valentine's Day as like a date. Like what a shitty date. And sorry, it was probably with Dr. Bald. Let's be real. Like (laughs) the timeline of it. But it is kind of interesting to see like how they can make people have cameos. It's like rapid fire. It's like SNL quick changes. Yeah. In New Year's Eve, Alyssa Milano literally has one line. And it's (laughs) when Halle Berry's going out and Alyssa Milano says, Go have fun, girl. <laughs> like that's I like to imagine that she filmed that in her own home. Like she set it up and popped out of her door and then she just like emailed the file in. She's like, we got it. Good to go. There you go, Gary. Oh, God. I think Valentine's Day also I watched with my husband. And I'm pretty sure it was around Valentine's Day. Like how corny. We decided to marry those men. <laughs> and... I think Taylor Swift was in it. She was. That's correct. That's when she was dating Taylor Lautner. Yes. Yes. The werewolf. Which, back to circles become circles, back to us thinking we look like celebrities, that's how I used to decide if I would go on a second date with someone if they told me I look like Taylor Lautner before I told them I'd look like Taylor Lautner. <laughs> Did you go on many second dates? <laughs> oh, back then, when I was skinny and tan, I absolutely looked like Taylor Lautner. I can see it, yeah. Oh. I'll do a side-by-side. Yeah, do a side-by-side. Now there's like 60 extra pounds, a bald head. It is hard to tell. But what's interesting, he and I gained weight at the same time. <laughs> but he looks different fat than I look different fat. But skinny, twin. Wow. <laughs> I can see it. Wow, wow, wow. Thank you. Can you see Nev Campbell? No. <laughs> <laughs> you look more like Mindy Kaling. Than yeah, Campbell. yeah, exactly. <laughs> I just need to find a celebrity with big gums and big teeth. And I have gotten Jennifer Gardner, but she's one of my nemeses, so I cannot. I do love that. Jennifer. Gardner. Who hates Jennifer uh, Gardner? What are you, Ben Affleck? Me. What's wrong with you? <laughs> that Capital One commercial is my bugaboo. I cannot. Your bugaboo? How? Like the Destiny Child song? Just like it comes on and I want to hurl. Okay. Either okay. hurl my TV out the window or physically hurl. <laughs> Do you I can't feel decide. that way about Sam Jackson? No. Oh. Misogyny is a hell of a drug, Chelsea. I know, that internalized <laughs> misogyny. Well, because of those New Year's Eve, Christmas, Valentine's Day, Mother's Day movies, we do know that Gary Marshall has quite the little black book of celebrity names. And he called, apparently, everyone in it to come be in this movie because Anne Hathaway was literally the last person in the world to be offered the role. Um, Juliette Lewis was offered the role originally and she turned it down. So before they asked Anne Hathaway, they asked, and all these people turned it down as well, Christina Applegate, Amanda Peet, Cameron Diaz, Alyssa Milano, Kate Beckinsale, Tiffany Amber Thiessen, Eva Mendez, Drew Barrymore, Reese Witherspoon, Alicia Silverstone, Sarah Michelle Keller, <laughs> Brittany Murphy, Kate Hudson, Katie Holmes, Claire Danes, Christina Ricci, Jessica Alba, Jessica Beale, and Kirsten Dunst. Holy shit. <laughs> How was this movie still made? Yeah. I don't know. Did you put Liv Tyler in that list? No, was she on? Yeah. Oh my God. No. She was a last pick until Anne Hathaway came. Wow. I mean, good for Anne Hathaway that this ended up being kind of like her launching pad of her career. Mm -hmm. And obviously, like the movie did well. I think, unless Donnie's about to tell us that it made like $2 and has a (laughs) 0% on Rotten Tomato. But you kind of got to give Anne Hathaway credit to accept that role. Knowing that this is going to be the trivia point for the rest of your life. Yeah. (laughs) I think more upsetting than her. I would be upset if I was Mandy Moore. Like, I'm already attached to this movie. (laughs) And you're trying to find someone to play the lead. You're like, no, you're you're fine where you are. But we will call anyone we ever met to play the lead. But Mandy Moore could not have had the makeover. Mm. Pretty people privilege does mm-hmm. get you places wow. in life, but it is damn hard to have that opening scene where you're supposed to be like a swamp monster. Tell you know? that to yeah. how to deal haircut. They could have plopped that on her <laughs> and I would have bought it. Also, it's because like Mandy Moore was already a semi-famous like blonde, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So it was like you can't – you uh, these movies will never have an ugly blonde person, okay? The, I have a lot of thoughts about this movie that I'm sure we'll get into, but, you know, the white supremacy that is like surging through – through this era of like makeover movies oh, is yeah. really wild. 
And I did say they called everyone in Hollywood, but I meant every white person in Hollywood. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yes, of Chelsea, course. have you seen this movie before this week? I think, question mark. (laughs) I did not remember a single fucking thing from this movie, except Mm. for, like, the things that I've seen memes out of, of, like, the makeover reveal. Mm. So that's my issue, too, is I don't know what I know just from osmosis of being a living, breathing person and everybody else seeing these movies and what I've actually seen. But I had the same experience as I did with Freaky Friday of, like, I watched this basically for the first time. This yeah, this is another one that I own on DVD, but I don't think I've ever seen it since it's come out. <laughs> another Walmart yeah, drop date. a new adventure for me as well. So before we really deep dive, Noor, we'll put one minute on the clock. Can you give us a synopsis? Yeah, you need less than one minute. Oh, oh right. I love it. 15 seconds. Okay, young adult woman learns about hair straightening, eyebrow wax, and contact lenses in her own white privilege. <laughs> Put it on the DVD case. Second sentence comes into an exorbitant amount of generational wealth. <laughs> <laughs> ah, nepotism. A tale as old as time. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's it. I think the, that's, that's the whole episode, not even just the movie. Thanks for having me on, guys. Bye. So the movie does start. I think it's iconic. There is so much happening. I didn't know where to rest my brain. And I woke up today at 6 a.m. to watch this movie. So, like, having that much happening at 6 a.m. was truly just... I almost (laughs) threw up in bed. Because, (laughs) like, the credits are rolling. We see her frizzy eyebrows and frizzy hair. And then the soundtrack is like... (laughs) <laughs> a remix of that Supergirl song. So it's like, who's going to save, 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 ah, I'm Supergirl. And then we see Mandy Moore doing like a half-ass cheer. <laughs> She's like, hey there, hi there, how do you do? And then Sandra Oh has a British accent. And then Eric Von Detten stealing people's lunch. There was just too much happening. And then on top of all that, then we get the words produced by Whitney Houston. I said, what is happening? Yeah. <laughs> Like, thinking back to you saying that Alyssa Milano maybe, like, did a green screen or shot a scene in her own house, it did sometimes feel like Sandra Oh was just told, like, all right, we just need you to come in and, like, do a bunch of random scenes in front of general (laughs) office furniture, and we're just going to make you look like the principal. Also, I mean, she could be married to an Indian man, but she's Principal Gupta, which they keep saying Gupta, which really (laughs) drove me crazy. And I was like, well, maybe she's married to an Indian man, but that's like the different kind of Asian last name than what kind of Asian she is. Like, she's Korean, I believe. So that was confusing, but also it just drove me nuts that, like, she herself didn't know how to pronounce it. Well, it's also the early aughts of it all of, like, okay, we need one woman of color. We're going to make sure that she has a line in the opening montage and then just, like, (laughs) pops up to be like, no, no, we're good. Check in the box here. There was a lot of, like, her and the gym teacher, I feel like, just came in and recorded all their scenes in one day. But then also in this movie, there was a lot of vocal work done, I feel, in the studio that they just put in. Like, there there was a lot of, like, ooh, who's going to tell her? Just, like, with nobody clearly saying that in the scene. (laughs) I feel like all of Mandy Moore's lines Yeah, I think she's going to (laughs) barf. So in that chaotic opening, we are introduced to Mia Thermopolis, and she's just a freak. She throws up in her debate class. (laughs) That's all there is to say about it. I don't know how. I never had to debate in high school. I think your teachers probably saw their class roster, was like, oh, Donnie Hadfield is in this class. We will not be debating this semester. I did have to debate in class, and I fucking loved it. But also, the way that it's always shown in these movies, it's always shown as like, you know, the class gets to like, who and holler. Like, it just reminded me a lot, obviously. Clueless is like Mm. my most favorite debate scene of all time, right? And... I always think about that, but I'm like, I never had that experience. Nobody was cheering me on. Nobody was ever like, yeah, great point, (laughs) you know? And I didn't have an Eric Von Deaton in my (sighs) high school, but I did have him star in my teenage fantasy. (laughs) Me? (laughs) Loved him since Brink. Brink. please. so hot. Didn't age as well. No. (laughs) That's all. God bless him. How do we feel, now we know how we feel about Eric Von and how do we feel about Anne Hathaway as a whole? Okay, I have a lot to say <laughs> about this. Nor just raised her hand. <laughs> I did. Okay, um, famously, Annie Hathaway from New mm-hmm. Jersey. I'm familiar. Okay. 
grew up in the town over from where mm. I live. Okay, Milburn, New Jersey. And mm. my friends from college went to high school with her. Oh. And so they told me all about her. And they said she was very much exactly who you think she would be in high school. She didn't have the bushy hair and the thick eyebrows the way that they showed in this. But she was like a big time like drama nerd. Yes. And like she was just like an over the top personality. I mean, in this movie, she's only 18. So she just like graduated yeah. high school when she was cast in this movie. I have a strong relationship with Anne Hathaway. It's funny because, you know, Facebook shows you like cringy memories of when we were all active on uh-huh. Facebook. Like I'm 36. So like Facebook is like very much a part of my young mm-hmm. adulthood. There were multiple times when I made status updates about how much I hate Anne Hathaway. <laughs> there it is, is straight up <laughs> movement. Like, we hate Anne Hathaway now. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I was one of them. And, no, but it wasn't just you. It was like literally, you know how you two had that download on our phone that nobody asked for? We had like a mental download at some <laughs> point in like 2009 where all of us together woke up one morning and we were like, we fucking hate her now. Yeah, we were all like, fuck Anne Hathaway. So there were two people that I hated a lot, which is funny now because one of them I enjoy quite a bit, unfortunately. It was Taylor Swift and Anne Hathaway. And I used to always say Taylor Swift is the mm-hmm. Anne Hathaway of music because they both did a lot of like faux humility. And that's one of the things that drove me crazy about Anne Hathaway. That's like, why Jennifer Lawrence mm-hmm. disappeared recently because she was going to go down the Anne Hathaway oh. track. We all were turning on her slowly because you can be relatable until you're too relatable. And then the audience is like, boo, boo, we want celebrities. <laughs> Don't be one of us. Yeah, yes. And and it's funny because then I was watching this movie and I was like, honestly, she's very pleasant. Yeah. Like, I don't know why I hated her because she seems like a like a pretty lovely person. And I think it was a lot of like her winning awards and then being like, oh, me? Oh, my God. How could like, bitch, you've been working at this since you were like a 10 year old. So like, stop being so shocked that you have made it. But then also thinking about the fact that like Gary Marshall <laughs> went through every single A-list celebrity to then finally land on this like nobody girl from New Jersey. Maybe I understand why she was a little mm. bit insecure and why she did the faux humility thing. But now we think Anne Hathaway is an absolutely lovely person. And I'm like, good for you. You're around my age. You made it out of Milburn, New Jersey. Yeah. I liked her in this, and then I, too, hated Taylor Swift and her. Like, I turned on both of them. But for me, I think I hated her because she kept being cast in movies and roles that I was, like, very excited about. And Anne Hathaway was, like, a non-issue for me. So then when she was getting parts that I wanted the Sarah Michelle Gellers and Jennifer Love Hewitts and Gabrielle Unions to get, Mm. I was like, why is this bitch getting all these good roles? Like, in Les Mis and Catwoman in that Batman movie, I was very pissed. So that's when I turned against her. But then I had time to grow (laughs) and now i like her just i forgot she was catwoman and i think catwoman was probably the turning point for me where i was like all right i believe this (laughs) i get out of my face (laughs) like samson in the bible she cut her hair and lost her power like i think she gained her power but i think that as soon as she got that little pixie cut for whatever reason that download happened and everybody was like fuck you and Hathaway. <laughs> I always liked her just fine. I didn't really have an opinion about her one way or the other, but it's very reassuring for me. I feel validated that you said she has like big theater kid energy because that's what she gives me. She didn't ever yeah. like bother me. She just reminded me of people I went to high school with. That's like, they're always on. Oh, as Donnie does a hair flip. Yeah. She reminds me of someone who's always on. I can't put my finger on it, but. <laughs> well, I'm glad you mentioned the short haircut because maybe Maybe that subconsciously was it for me because you know how I feel about a short-haired woman. I think I'm going to wear a bob wig during our next recording and just see if you like quit the podcast, Donnie. I think we've landed on bob something Bob I can deal with. A pixie cut, I'll slit my eyes out. Oh my god. <laughs> so you don't want to see pictures from when I was going through it in my early 20s and I had half of a shaved head. It was so cute. An undercut. Dr. Bald loved it. You had an undercut. I That's did amazing. have an undercut. Yeah. You were brought into my life at this time for, for a reason. reason. <laughs> I would have turned on you. When Alyssa Milano got that pixie cut for season six of Charmed, I was like, what the fuck is happening? The name of this <laughs> podcast should be Alyssa Milano is a cute one. Because <laughs> we've mentioned her many times today. Yes. <laughs> well, every time we mention a celebrity, they 
are in the ethos. So I hope that it's positive press that's going to come out about her this week. I don't know. I don't know. She has a new book out, I think. Anyway, I will say, in my memory, probably in my, like, Anne Hathaway hate soaked in me somewhere, I thought Mia was uglier than she is. Like, they showed her in the beginning of this movie. I was like, oh, she's cute. I, you know, can I get over the fact that, like, the amount that I fried the shit out of my wavy hair in the 2000s because of movies like this, it's insane. Like, she had a beautiful head of curls. A beautiful head of curls. But, like, if you ever read, like, the behind the scenes of this movie, they called her wig the Beast. And I was like, that's so fucked up. It's a perfectly normal head of curly hair. She just needs to use some leave-in conditioner. Like, that's all it is. But, you know, you think about now in, like, your 30s, you think about, like, why did I hate myself when I was growing up? And it's like, well, because all of the media that we consumed was, like, brown hair is stupid. Curly hair is stupid. Your thick eyebrows are dumb. And now it's, like, all that shit is, like, popular. And, you know, there's a lot that my teenage years need closure on. But then I also watch stuff like this. And I'm like, okay, well, it's not that I hated myself. It's that I was watching things that made me think that I should hate myself. Yeah. And the lasting damage, I mean, psychologically aside, the fact that the early aughts had us walking around with like just sprouts (laughs) of dead baby hairs coming out of our foreheads because we had literally fried it off and also just like the sperm shaped eyebrows like why did all of us tweeze our eyebrows literally within an inch of their life (laughs) but like left the parts in the center to be like a little bulbous ball just very troubling i know i've talked about it before but there was a girl i used to work with at chuck e cheese and she shaved her eyebrows off completely to draw them on because she wanted them so thin like, yeah. Oh, God is bless. she the one that burned her arm no, in that's the cheesemaker? <laughs> okay. So back to the movie. Let's talk about the first yeah, scene. Yeah. <laughs> Mia meets her grandmother for the first time, who is the queen of Genovia, which makes Mia a princess because her dad is dead. <laughs> Okay. (laughs) I think that they really gloss over the dead dad. Like, I understand that she didn't have a relationship with him. I also think there's a lot of normalization of the fact that both the king and the queen were deadbeats. They're like, hey, we're here now, so accept us as one of your own, even though we've straight up ignored you for 15 years. Not even going to go there. But the death of it all? Like, there is literally a point where Lily, her best friend, and oh, I'm going to be going in on Lily. It's like, aren't you over it? That was two months ago. And it's like, Jesus Christ. Yeah, the fact that we go into this, like, with it being a pretty fresh death and, like, the queen just, like, popping in and being like, all right, your dad's dead now, so you're going to be the queen. And and then also, Lily, I'm so glad that you brought up. She's a (laughs) fucking monster. monster. She's a monster. And actually, the mom is pretty fucking horrible, too. Like, (laughs) <laughs> Mia is surrounded by pieces of shit. <laughs> she is. The boy, yes. Lily's brother, seems to be, like, the only maybe normal person. But, like, in comparison, like, I don't even know if if there's any good people in her life. Maybe Mr. Robitussin <laughs> that lives next door. I'm obsessed door. with that man. I want him to win another <laughs> Emmy. Yeah, I know that in 2022, we really throw around a lot of mental health terms, gaslighting being one of them. But this is a clear instance where Mia is being gaslit constantly by everyone around her of like, I think it's perfectly normal for her to be skeptical to have a relationship with her grandmother who shows up tells her that she's a princess and then expects her to like change her entire life. And everybody else is acting like Mia's being like a little drama queen about this. I also like, I know that Mia did not know her dad. So perhaps his passing didn't affect her deeply, but certainly like his mother should be sad about it. But there's not even like a heartfelt moment of like, let's grieve together. Let me tell you about your dad. It's like, oh, you have his ears. Let's move on. Yeah. She just wears black until that Uh limo driver says, you wear a lot of black. And then suddenly she wears color. The limo driver. Like, I want to know what's going on there. (laughs) I need need to dive in on it. Like, are they fucking on the side? Because there's several scenes when like they walk into a room together and they just 
motion for everybody to exit the room. I was like, what are they going to do? Is everybody just like giving earplugs on nights when they're like going to be fucking? Like what is going on with the queen and the driver? I need to know when it happened. Walk me through that story. Well, they held hands at the very end. I want to know those Princess Diaries. Well, there is a sequel. So maybe that is what it's about. I haven't watched it. But I do know Raven Simone's in it. I started watching it. You started watching it? did it just auto played on disney plus so i was like all right i guess we're watching it (laughs) guys i was fucking (laughs) chuckling i only watched like 20 minutes of it which is actually like most of the movie (laughs) but i was watching it and i was like giggling so fucking hard and part two is a shonda production the screenplay is written by shonda rhymes and chris pine is in it and it's really good but back to the dead father really (laughs) quick i think they glossed over him because in the book and disney thought this was too dark so they just killed him in the book he (laughs) i'll wait until chelsea finishes drinking it's not (laughs) funny so she shouldn't spit but in the book the father has testicular cancer (laughs) and he's alive but they know he's gonna die so then they're like well you're the new heir because he's a non-issue here but disney was like no i don't think so we'll just okay one why testicular cancer testicular cancer is famously a very curable (laughs) cancer so like i guess meg cabot didn't know that when she was writing the book for a children's book but (laughs) also donnie thank you for making me the monster of like i'm gonna wait for chelsea to stop drinking her coffee because she's such an evil bitch that she's (laughs) definitely gonna laugh (laughs) not only are you an evil bitch you're also an immature bitch he's like she's gonna laugh at testicles (laughs) no Testicle cancer is the punchline here, not just testicles. Like what you're hearing? Head to patreon.com slash I am the cute one for more. There you can find uncut, unedited, and unhinged video and audio footage of current episodes. That's patreon.com slash I am the cute one. See you there. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Cuties, you know I cannot see a movie without pretending I'm in it, and now it's your turn. Have you ever tried to use the Force when no one's looking, or thought about what superheroes would win in a fight? Then you'll want to stop what you're doing, (laughs) unless you're driving, and visit Sideshow.com. Your eyes do not deceive you. They have a life-size, impeccably detailed replica of the child from Star Wars The Mandalorian. Now, I don't mean to brag, but Sideshow did send me the child. I call him Baby Yoda. I have since learned that is not his name, but he is my son now, so I will be continuing to call him as such. And we have been playing dress up, having photo shoots, and just having a grand old time. But if that one doesn't speak to you, how about a movie-accurate statue of Christopher Reeve as Superman? They got that too. But just wait until you see the incredibly lifelike figures of Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man. We are thrilled to have Sideshow sponsoring our podcast today. They offer a wide selection of premium figures, statues, and fine art from the worlds of Star Wars, DC, Marvel, Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings, and so much more. These limited edition, handcrafted, officially licensed collectibles bring pop culture's biggest icons to life in your home. And here is the best part. You can get an exclusive $50 off your first order of $200 or more. It's a great opportunity for new customers to dive into the world of high-quality collectibles. Or you can gift it to that super geek in your life. Perhaps that person in your life that you know would cringe when they hear that I've been letting my daughter sleep with my baby Yoda. And again, that I refuse to stop calling it Baby Yoda. Plus, shopping at Sideshow earns you 5% back in Sideshow rewards, meaning for every $100 spent, you get $5 back in rewards that can be used on future purchases. While geeking out is its own reward, your collection goes farther with Sideshow. So, what are you waiting for? Visit Sideshow.com, promo code CUTEONE, right now, and get ready to let your geek side show. Oh, that's clever. Sideshow. Like Sideshow.com? I get it.
Anyway, Mia finds out she has two weeks to get her ass in gear before the Genovian ball, where it will be announced that she is the princess. I, if you threw me in with, like, royalty, or even celebrities, whatever, I know that I'm, like, Roseanne adjacent, and I wouldn't exactly fit in, but Mia was full on, like, the beast. <laughs> like, I felt if she was left alone long enough, she would drink out of the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah! There were some parts where I was like, it's not that she's not, like, you know, fancy or, like, she doesn't have etiquette. Like, there might be a, a deeper psychological issue with Mia, because there were some things that I'm like, did you grow up in the woods? Yeah. What the fuck is wrong with like you? It was like Jessica Chastain horror movie, Mama, where they're like, Mama, where they find those girls in a cabin. <laughs> I mean, this bitch did not know about ice cream. I know I'm jumping ahead, but at that dinner, like, when she takes that big, like, gobble of ice cream and she reacts, again, had not remembered any part of this movie, so didn't realize it was brain freeze. I was like, oh shit, did she just like take a bite of wasabi by accident? And she's like, oh my god, it's really cold. I'm like, have you never had sherbet before, bitch? Yes. Yes, that's what I mean. There's so many parts of this where I'm like, have you just never lived? Like, I don't understand. It just, it makes no fucking sense. She's so handsy. She touches everything. She breaks off a statue and then licks it to try to like stick it back. I'm like, has that worked for you before? Has your saliva in the past been sticky? If that's the case, then we have bigger fish to fry here. We need to get you to a doctor. Half the trivia I was reading about the movie, and I didn't like bring any of it with me, but all these things like that were all Anne Hathaway's idea. But, like, not on purpose. It really happened. They were like, oh, she accidentally set the man's arm on fire, so then they put it in the script. Oh, she- <laughs> it was her first instinct to throw the ice on him, so they left it in the scene. I'm like, what is happening on this set? Yeah, it, it just also, <laughs> I was confused because I just don't believe the fact that somebody who would have, like, such a difficult time getting in front of people and doing, like, public speaking would also be somebody who would, like, be making faces while her fucking queen grandmother is, like, giving directions, like, making faces behind her you know what Mm -hmm. i mean like there were so many parts where i was like this bitch is so ballsy and then other times where i'm like you can't get up in front of people and talk (laughs) like it just it didn't make sense i was like i don't believe this person and also maybe she's not just goofy there's like a (laughs) developmental delay i think you're right (laughs) but speaking of developmental delays let's talk about her friend lily because anytime heather Matarazzo is cast in something She is only cast so you know exactly what type of person you're working with as soon as you see her. And then they have the nerve to give her a pixie cut and butterfly clips in this movie. (laughs) So we really know who we're working with. Honestly, uh, I didn't have a pixie cut in the early 2000s, (laughs) but I did have the She's All That hair, which is like Mm -hmm. the short bob with the you used a hair straightener to flip flip out the ends and then hairspray it. Yeah. I had that. I had that's my senior picture is that Ooh. hair. And I didn't have butterfly clips, but that was mostly because my hair just couldn't handle butterfly clips and they weren't made for like thicker brown hair. But if I could have twisted my oh, hair and given twisties. myself some faux cornrows with glitter and butterfly clips, you know I'd be fucking. Oh, I was appropriating the fuck out of things in the early aughts. <laughs> and every single dance, I had those tight little twisties, the glitter, oh. the butterfly clips, the whole shebang. It was like Adelia's cover yes. girl. <laughs> Yeah. There's a difference between both of you in Butterfly Clips and Heather Matarazzo in Butterfly Clips. Well, <laughs> please let's talk shit on her. Lily is a sociopath. I mm-hmm. hate this person so much. She is not a best friend. When Mia shows up in that limo to pick her up with her new makeover and she's clearly like insecure about it and uncertain about showing up to school looking like a completely different person. Lily opens the door and goes, oh my God, who destroyed you? I was like, this bitch, this monster. And then she is only nice to her again when she learns that she's a princess and she can get her on that cable news show. Like she always has a hidden agenda. She like Mm -hmm. acts like she's going to stand up against like other people that have hidden agendas. The call is coming from inside the house. (laughs) From the beginning, she's bossing her around. Because even from the public speaking incident, 
she's the one that's like, oh, I coached you and you know exactly what to say. And then it's not even like she's an encouraging friend when Mia's having like a meltdown and about to barf. She's like, oh my God, you are so embarrassing. Like, I hate Lily so much. She literally made a list of reasons why Mia shouldn't be a princess. It's like she's the type of person that doesn't want her friend to succeed and be more successful than her. Like, she's somebody that wants her to be just successful enough that she's not embarrassed by her, but never more successful than her. She is looking to be the center of the stage and she wants to be surrounded by pieces of shit so that in comparison to her piece of shit friends, she always looks like she's shining. And as soon as that changes, she's like, fuck you, remember, don't forget that you are an actual piece of shit. (laughs) That's essentially what she says to Mia later. She's so mean to her about the makeover. And then she goes on and on about like Greenpeace and like she calls her a wannabe. She's so mean. Like it's so insane. And you're absolutely right. It's not until Mia's like, oh, by the way, now I'm filthy fucking rich. She's like, oh, this is wonderful. So you both talked about the makeover. So let's talk about the makeover. Are makeovers still a thing? Because every single movie we talked about on this podcast a makeover was a part of. But I feel like now, in 2022, I don't see makeovers as often as I was seeing them then. Well, in 2022, a makeover is called an Instagram filter. (laughs) True, true. I don't know if makeovers are a thing, but I really, again, just was really thrown off by the hatred for curly hair and body hair. I think the guy called her eyebrows, like, or maybe she called, maybe the queen called her eyebrows Bushman eyebrows. And I was like, you motherfuckers are going to get microbladed to look like mm-hmm. that now. So go on and fuck yourself. They made a Frida yeah. Kahlo oh joke. My God, they did. And Paolo, this makeover artist, can we talk about what a creep he is? He licks Mm -hmm. the queen's hand. He (laughs) screams when he sees Mia, which I'm like, that's just unprofessional. Like, that's bad (laughs) for business. You hold that shit inside, even if you are horrified by this, like, objectively pretty person standing in front of you. But then what was most haunting to me was the queen's parting instruction to her assistant was watch him like a hawk, which is chilling. I'm like, what is she expecting Paolo to do? And why is there nobody else in the world? (laughs) Like, we flew this man in from a different country to give this makeover. There's nobody else that could do it better than Paolo. Like, certainly there must be some give and take where you, like, look at the pros, look at the cons, and you're like, (laughs) "Mm, maybe we go with someone else. Yeah, and also, like, what has been happening behind the scenes? Has he gotten handsy with people (laughs) in the past? Has he stolen things? And then later on, we find out that he's a fucking rat. Like, he leaks information to the press. And then they still keep him on the payroll. Yeah, they should have had him executed. Oh my god. (laughs) (laughs) Well, if you find out you're the prince, I will not be going there. My god. No, you can come, just don't fucking cross me. (laughs) And don't get a pixie cut. Yeah, so he tells the press, so then the paparazzi shows up at school, and then Mia attends a state dinner with her grandmother and makes a damn fool of herself. We talked about it already, but she sets someone's arm on fire, breaks a champagne (laughs) glass, doesn't know how to eat ice cream, and then she crawls around on the floor for whatever fucking reason, and she trips a waiter. It truly is just, like, ugly Betty, but all of the seasons in one scene. So then it made me think of a time that I, and <laughs> I never set anyone's arm on fire. I went to like the most expensive restaurant I've ever went to in my life. My friend was friends with a girl that was dating this rich boy. So he brought all of us to dinner together and I was my friend's date. So I wasn't even 21 and he was like, just get champagne. They won't card us, whatever. So they brought the bottle over. I never drank before in my entire life. I was just trying to pretend I was rich and pretend I was 21. There was a lot of pretending happening. And then I was so nervous. I knocked over the entire bottle and this bottle was like, I didn't even know bottles of alcohol could cost this much. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. And that's really the end of the story. The rich guy bought another one. But, like, I was 18 then. I'm 35 now. Still thinking about it. It's still making I me I don't rap. think I've ever seen you embarrassed, Donnie. Like, you've told stories mm-hmm. on this podcast that you should never tell to anyone, let alone on a public platform. But this is the first time, like, you are blushing. This was, like, a really haunting memory for you. Thank <laughs> you for was. sharing. The only other time I've been so traumatized is when I was, like, 12 years old. Uh-oh. I went to take out the garbage. And then my grandma, we have, like, a duplex, so my grandma lives downstairs. So I came down the stairs with the garbage in my hand. <laughs> my grandma knocked on the window. I turn around. She said, do you know you're naked? <laughs> so, <I'm> like, ah! 
That's like a bad dream that you show up to school without clothes on, but that happened to you in real life, Donnie. I have so many follow-up questions. Uh, when Pooh Bearing goes wrong. Huh? <laughs> no, not even Pooh. I think that's when I started to wear shirts. <laughs> yeah, that's the issue. You're like, gotta cover up up top. Can't have grandma seeing my belly button. <laughs> Dying. Uh, oh my god no. oh. <laughs> oh poor donnie Thank you. i always watch these movies and i wonder to myself because like you know a lot of teen movies and just this era and even now like honestly i'm watching cobra kai which is a show for teenagers <laughs> but me and my husband we're almost 40 and like we love that show a lot of these shows are and and like content for teenagers is based off of wanting to say something and not being able mm. to right like a lot of it is like misunderstandings mm-hmm. like i wanted to say a thing and i came in to tell you and then you started talking about something else and then at the end you said okay what was that thing you wanted to tell me and you're like never mind <laughs> like that i actually think is believable because there's been so many memories that i have of being a teenager and like again a lot of pretending that I was somebody that I wasn't or just making something up to impress someone and then later on being like, why did I say that? You know, that stuff is always believable. But like the physical hijinks of Mia Thermopolis (laughs) are so ridiculous that I'm like, no, again, I don't believe that she is just goofy. I think that there is a deeper undiagnosed issue here (laughs) that like her mom clearly doesn't give a shit about her mom's like trying to fuck the teacher. Like, there's a there's a disconnect here between Mia being this person who like she's like afraid of her own shadow and then her being like, by the way, now you can be the queen of an entire fucking country. <laughs> like, are you kidding me? Again, the white privilege, okay, here is insane to me. That like she is totally unqualified. And they had that like other couple that was like gonna take over if they didn't get a queen for her. And I was like, I don't blame them for being fucking pissed. They're like, this nobody is going to take over. Yeah, they're supposed to be like the bad guys that we're rooting against. And I'm low-key like, but maybe we have an interview. Maybe we just feel it out and see how it goes. Yeah, and this movie was already two hours long. So like, we don't need to add any other scenes. (laughs) But if we could have just shown that they were like, you know, a little immoral somewhere. But they weren't. They were just judgmental that she was going to get it handed to her. And again, this is the girl who's never had ice cream. Like, maybe exactly. I would be a little judgy, too. <laughs> exactly. Also, I feel like the way they did that couple's makeup was, like, weird. Like, I think the woman, the way that they made her look, they purposely tried to make her, what are probably her normal natural features, look really ugly and evil. And I was like, that just looks like a Middle Eastern woman. And I don't like the way, like, you're presenting her. So now that Mia is beloved in the press, the popular kids suddenly, like, pay attention to her. Mandy Moore pretends she's friends with her. And the big man on campus, Eric Von Detten, asks her to be his date for the beach party, where she's going to get her first real kiss from him. One that makes her leg pop. Which... I mean, that's not what constitutes a good kiss for me, but yeah. we know that I was a little slut in high school, so <laughs> I was I wanted other things to pop, not my Yeah, yeah. Bill, Bill. Please wait until I talk about porn later. Uh oh. It's like, is that her lady boner? Like just with girls in general, they have such little understanding of like what is it that women actually want and like how does a girl actually like somebody sexually like they can't talk about like she got a whop after she kissed this boy because she's like 15 but like they're like oh she'll her leg will pop like that that's ridiculous because that's not something that like naturally happens she makes it happen and even when (laughs) eric is what's his character's name we call him Eric Von Detten. Yeah, <laughs> Is it Detten or Deaton? Uh, we, myself, say Detten. I've done no research. And I call him the guy from Brink. Yeah, Brink. <laughs> so Brink is trying to kiss her in like that shed. Yeah. And the reason why she doesn't want to do it is because her legs are trapped in like net? netting. <laughs> But this, I was like, so it's not a natural reaction that you're having. It's something that you're going to force. Which, like, then, as I'm saying this, I'm like, I fucking hate Anne Hathaway because I bet it was her fucking idea. Like, it just feels like a corny, theatrical Anne Hathaway thing would be like, guys, I have a great idea. Like, what if her leg popped? And they were like, okay, whatever, Annie. Well, I take it a step further, talking about the internalized misogyny of it all. Aren't you glad you showed up today, Donnie? I think that this is, like, the teenager's answer to faking an orgasm. Like, she is kissing him 
and putting on a show to show how much she's enjoying it. But then I guess she also subconsciously tricks herself because not to spoil the plot, but later when she kisses another man, she does pop it. So I'm like, I hope that's real. I hope she's really enjoying herself. No, and I think you're absolutely right because then at the end, symbolism, when her leg pops at the end, all those fountains turn on. You're right. Yeah. 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 You know, it's funny because as you're saying this, I'm like, I wonder how much of that like was, you know, made up in our heads because there was a lot of like things growing up where you were like, the perfect moment is going to be this because I watched it in a movie. So like I always said I wanted my first kiss to be like in the rain, which is ridiculous. (laughs) It's a ridiculous ask. But that's how my first kiss happened. But now when I think back to it, I'm like, that was horrible. (laughs) It was in a parking lot in Livingston, New Jersey. Like, it wasn't great. Like, it was wet and gross outside. And I smelled like rain afterwards. Like, this is not good at all. But these movies had got us convinced that we needed to have these, like, magical moments. It's the same trope as there's always scenes of, like, having, like, a paint fight when you're painting. Mm. Or, like, you're baking cookies. You've got, like the powder all over your face. It's like, well, it looks like you're doing drugs and now somebody has to clean this up. They never show the cleanup scene afterwards. Yes, exactly. I don't know what movie I got this from, but something I used to often talk about that I wanted to happen in my adult life, I said I I wanted to fight with my husband so badly on the way to a party that when we got there, we said, all right, we have to button it up. And that's it. No, like, makeup was in this fantasy. No, nothing. I just wanted to fight and then repress it to be around my friends. If you have kids one day, that'll happen every time you leave your house with your mm-hmm. children. Or if you have a husband you fight with every single day. Careful what you wish for, ladies oh, no. and gentlemen. <laughs> Ask, believe, receive. Um, but anyway, back to this. Mia does go to the beach party where Mandy Moore sings Stupid Cupid, which was my most downloaded song on Napster and gave my family computer um, viruses. It could have been Napster. It could have been the porn. I don't know. But Mandy Moore singing Stupid Cupid. She kissed Eric Von Detten in that shed. I don't know who decided to put, like, let's get a 15-year-old girl naked in the plot of this movie. But that is there as well. All of this is happening while Mia is supposed to be on Lily's cable show. And you know what? Hashtag Team Mia. Lily <laughs> yeah. fucking deserved it. She did. Yeah. Yeah. And that I show agree. looked like a piece of shit. The cable show I was Oh on. God. <laughs> <laughs> the Ben Salem community Ben Salem's where I'm from. It's where Ben Franklin flew his kite allegedly. It says it on Wikipedia nowhere else. <laughs> Wait, Donnie, my husband lived in Ben No, Island, stop. And I'm not going to stop. <laughs> well, no, don't. Welcome, actually. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, my husband immigrated to Ben Salem at the age of nine, wow. and then he moved to Queens when he was 14. Oh, my God. I'm going to say, did you ever watch this cable show? In ben Salem? <laughs> yeah. yeah, did you see when the cast of Cinderella from Ben Salem High School was on the cable show? Donnie was there performing. Oh. <laughs> The closest I ever got to a cable news show was I did the morning announcements in middle school, and I used to draw out, and this tracks based on this podcast, but I would draw out my speaking parts so that I would like have more airtime, and it got mm. to the point where I was reading the daily school lunch menu line <laughs> by line. Like I'd be like, and there's an option to have apples, but if you don't want apples, there are french fries. Don't forget, you can have white milk, strawberry milk, or chocolate milk. Incredible. I, I forgot that I did morning announcements until you told that story. I did morning announcements in middle school as well. But then I got banned because um, we started the announcements every day with the Pledge of Allegiance and then did the announcements and then ended it, whatever. But one day I decided, like, the Pledge of Allegiance is boring. So then I, like, really performed it. And I was like, this: I pledge allegiance to the flag. And really oh, sold it. And if it was the national anthem, people would praise me for it. But the Pledge of Allegiance, I guess we have to treat with more respect. So then, like, all the male teachers went to the office and were like, get this faggot off the air. <laughs> so, oh, no. so, never came back again. We don't fuck with America. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> You were a little activist in your own way. There's a fungus among us. 
you were trying to add like pizzazz to it and they were like we will not stand for this no. mockery and you're like i wasn't really mocking it but okay yeah, I, yeah exactly <laughs> anyway just a yeah. little sparkle on that flag but whatever <laughs> <laughs> so after the beach party disaster, things are starting to wrap up well for Mia. She invites Lily to the Genovia ball, so then that makes up for skipping her show. She shoves an ice cream cone down Mandy Moore's shirt, and then in gym, she hits Eric Von Detten in the balls with a baseball. So, like, everyone gets what's coming to them. But I will say, I think boys lie about how bad it hurts to get hit in the balls. My middle sister, not the youngest, we used to play a game where I would, like, spread my legs and she would kick me. Um, okay. Ani, <laughs> I don't have time for what you've unloaded on us this podcast. Like, we are, I think, 20% Donnie's dark, normalized childhood traumas at this point. Look how red my face is right now. There's two secret guests on the show today, and it's Alyssa Milano and Testicles. And <laughs> his middle sister. Whose name is Alyssa? Named after Alyssa Milano. <laughs> When Alyssa Milano did her first, like, nude role, my father was devastated. He was like, oh my this is God. who we named our daughter after. <laughs> like, yep. Yeah. And your daughter got titties, too, by the way. <laughs> we have history in the making here because you've never called her by her name. And you've <laughs> only talked about her one other time. So, wow. Well, if wow. anyone was going to sue me for mentioning them by name, it would be my middle sister. So that's why I've never mentioned her name until now. <laughs> oh, my God. Speaking of, this really all comes full circle. Not my, not my sister, but someone in Alyssa Milano's <laughs> comments before said, oh, my God, I'm such a big fan. I named my daughter after you. And Alyssa Milano said, oh, what's your name? <laughs> Oh my goodness. Okay, wait, we need to go back to the fact that, well, let, I'm going to skip over the fact that your sister used to brutally kick you in the nuts and then you said, eh, it's not that painful. Um, there's so much, so many questions I have there, but Mia is somebody who's like never played, she's never been able to hit a baseball ever mm-hmm. in her life. And now she swings it so fucking hard <laughs> that it hits him in the balls. But I was like, I don't think in gym class we were playing with like real equipment. And also the gym class was giving me a lot of PTSD because, you know, there's a lot of like stuff coming out now about like how women have a lot of body image issues and issues with exercise because in like middle school, we used to have to like do the presidential mm-hmm. fitness test, which was like running uh, a I goddamn mile and doing the presidential fitness test. Of course you did. <laughs> of course you did. <laughs> I did not love it. Okay. Threw up multiple times. But like in this one, the teacher is like, just hit the ball so I can pass you. And I was like, you would fail somebody from gym class because they can't hit a ball. Their hand-eye coordination isn't good. Plus, Mia clearly has an undiagnosed disability that you guys are just glossing over. (laughs) It was a mess. (laughs) I have spent the past two minutes deciding if I should say this. The only... The only person I beat, <laughs> no, no. The only person I beat in the mile no. run was a girl who had two different sized legs and had to wear like a block <laughs> on the bottom of her shoe. Donnie, I wouldn't even be able to beat that person. <laughs> my mile run was fourteen minutes long. Okay, Donnie, my mile run is fourteen minutes long today <laughs> in the year twenty twenty two. I know who you could beat. <laughs> <laughs> So, so then Mia plans on making a speech at the ball, saying she's passing on the opportunity to be the princess, but she finds a letter from her ghost dad, so she changes her mind. <laughs> then yeah. Lily's brother shows up and kisses her and makes her leg pop and the fountains turn on. And that's the end of the yeah. movie. We have a new princess mm-hmm. of Genovia. Lovely. Congratulations. Great. Long live the queen. Yeah, to wrap it up then, do you think you'd be good at ruling a country? <laughs> I don't think I would be good at ruling a country, but I do think I'd be a good cult leader. Uh, yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. No question. Well, there. I would do it the same way. <laughs> yeah. So your answer is no. <laughs> you would not be good at ruling a country if you're going to treat it like a cult. Um, you know, I wouldn't be good at ruling a country, but I wouldn't be mad if like somebody was like, by the way, remember how you don't have stairs and you have to take a fire pole to slide down and you probably have such severe chafing, but your mom's not done anything for it because she's trying to fuck your teacher. Um, but now you don't have to do that because you're rich. I would be like, okay. Like my thing with my queen grandmother would be like, okay, I don't want 
to rule, but like, do we just can I have the inheritance? Like, what are we doing about? Can we that? make a and deal? Her reaction seemed really insane, especially considering it's not like her life was good. Like, it's not like she had a supportive mother or good friends at school, right? Because at the end, when she decides to take on the role, she still ends up going to Genovia and moving. So, like, I don't understand this, like whole thing she does in the beginning of being like, oh, and I have to leave my friends and my life here. It's like, your life here fucking sucks. Mm-hmm. Like, nobody is good to you. So I just think her whole reaction to even being given this goddamn privilege was, like, insane. And it wasn't until she got into that pretty severe accident mm. with the cable car in the middle of San Francisco. I mean, several people could have died. <laughs> it was a mess. And then the grandmother is like, oh, watch me use my rich white privilege. <laughs> get out of this like i'm just gonna knight these fucking bozos with some dumb shit using a broken brake handle or whatever that was and we're we're gonna get out of it it's not until that moment that mia's like well i guess it wouldn't be so bad like (laughs) to be that rich like that was a major traffic violation that could have resulted in many people dying they're like are you okay and everyone's like yeah we're fine no you're not fine wait two weeks and the amount of whiplash that you're gonna have you're gonna need to go see a chiropractor (laughs) like i don't know I just thought all of it was ridiculous, but I loved it. <laughs> Not as much America. as the 20 minutes of the second one. <laughs> no, the, guys, the second one is where it's at. It's really good. <laughs> so final thoughts before we let you go, Noor. Who would we, if we had a reboot today in 2022, who would we cast? And I'm just going to preface it by saying Donnie is going to hate my answer because it doesn't even make sense to me. But Noor, you go first. Okay, so my dream reboot is not just casting a different cast, but it's also changing up some of the way that the movie is made. Mm. Like, you know, nowadays, like I didn't watch the Cinderella with Camilla Cabello Mm. or whatever her name is, but I think like they changed the ending a little bit or whatever. I'm trying to say, maybe we should rethink what this movie is actually trying to tell people because in the early 2000s, what it told me was that I'm ugly and I need to be rich to be popular and pretty to be popular. And what I like is for the reboot to be different. I want Mia to be played by Zendaya because she's mm. great. I want her best friend Lily to be played by Maya Hawk. And I want Mia to not have a male love interest because I don't think that that's really important. Mm. The grandmother should be Viola Davis. Oh. The mom could be Marissa Tomei because Marissa Tomei is an amazing matronly figure as seen by the Spider-Man <laughs> movies. But like, I just want that reboot to be more about like, hey, you're actually great as you are. And now that you are part of this royal family that is Black, we're going to help you understand that the parts of you that maybe you've been trying to blend in with, with like these white people, is not really the part of you that we want to tap into. We want to tap into the part of you that like has been on the inside the whole time. Oh, I have goosebumps. And now I'm going to ruin it by my terrible casting. Yeah, I'm afraid to answer. Okay. Um, But I did notice, Nor, that you um, forgot... To say who would be playing Mandy Moore. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Chloe Grace Moore. Oh, good one. Okay. All right, Donnie, you go next. So I didn't cast Mandy Moore's character. I only cast the queen and Mia. And Chelsea, Mm -hmm. you're going to hate my answer for Mia. Because it is Kiki Palmer, as always. (laughs) (laughs) Kiki Palmer is our white whale. We want her to come on the podcast because Donnie is single-handedly funding her entire future by casting her every single week. Yeah, I also thought about her, but then I went with Zendaya instead. Well, you like to mix it up here. I don't. Kiki Palmer yet again. Um, And for the queen, this is really who I like shot my load on because I want... (laughs) I'm a boy whose sister kicks me in the nuts. Um, (laughs) I... I uh, wanted it to like have not be symbolic, but like to have a connection to a royal movie from the past. So originally, I wanted Brandy. I was like, no, she's too young. So I looked up the age of Julie Andrews, and she was sixty six in this. So I was like, who can I work with? So Whoopi Goldberg is sixty six. Yeah. So I cast her. Yeah, she was the queen in Brandy Cinderella. Oh, so Whoopi yeah. Goldberg and Kiki Palmer. Okay, I that's love it. good. Thank you. Now it's time to really piss Donnie <laughs> Everyone off. So. Off, yeah. Anne Hathaway in this movie gave me big Emily Cooper vibes from Emily in Paris. So I said Lily Collins plays her. I said Melissa McCarthy plays the queen. And then the evil best friend. Who is the girl that you hate, Donnie, who's Jonah Hill's sister? (laughs) Beanie Feldstein. Yes. She would play the evil best friend. Yeah, she would be great. That's a great cast. Oh, wow. Well, Melissa McCarthy is a little whatever. 
maybe save her for next week, whatever we talk about. But I don't know that she's a 66-year-old grandma. <laughs> We've talked about what aged like Blockbuster, which is basically the plot of this movie. But what do we think? Is there anything that aged well? Stupid Cupid performed by Mandy Moore. <laughs> I mean, I still saw Brink, and I was like, damn, he is hot. He is. There was one scene also that was my favorite, and it made me laugh so hard. I, like, lost my (laughs) mind, and I was like, I'm going to rewind it and play it again. When they get into this brutal accident, they (laughs) cut to these nuns that call 911. And they say, oh, for the love of God. And I don't know why it made me laugh so fucking hard. I lost my mind. I had to pause it and rewind it again. It was so funny. And I don't, they were my favorite in the entire movie. I think the only thing that could have made it funnier is if they said, oh, Jesus Christ. But like the daughter in Mommy Dearest when she's beaten in the bathroom. Anyway. <laughs> What a great way to end the episode. <laughs> Nor, first of all, thank you so much for coming and talking mostly about my sister kicking me in the balls and Alyssa <laughs> Milano, but also about this movie. Let everyone know where they can follow you, listen to you. Yeah, we are The Reality Is a podcast, and you can find us everywhere at The Reality Is Pod on Twitter and Instagram, and our podcast is available everywhere podcasts can be heard. Thank you. And thank you, everyone, so much for listening. We will talk to you later. Love Love you like a sister. sister. I love you like a sister that doesn't kick me in the balls. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for listening to I Am The Cute One, a nostalgia podcast. If you liked what you heard, be sure to give us a five-star rating and subscribe to our show. You can follow me at Real Donnywood on Instagram and TikTok. And if you want more of my personal brand of chaos, check me out at Ono Chels on Instagram. And for uncut, unedited, and unhinged video and audio footage of current episodes of I Am The Cute One, head to patreon.com slash IamTheCuteOne. And go to IamTheCuteOne.com for the most chaotic merch on the planet. Talk Talk to you you later. later. Love Love you like a sister. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.